guys that you're just gonna like more on film than others. At least that's what I've found. Whether you're right or wrong, you have a preference, you have a bias towards certain players, and for me, I've got a soft spot for players like Ellis Brooks. So on Monday, the fifth-year linebacker at Penn State uh, made the announcement that he's opting out of the bowl game and that he's going to go to the NFL draft. Now, there's been a lot of really mixed reaction on Ellis Brooks and his decision to move on. Some people think he should come back to Penn State for one more year. Some people wanted him to play in the bowl game because they wanted his, They thought he needed more time and more experience, more exposure for the NFL. And then I think some people just they don't know what Ellis Brooks really is as a football player. That's why I'm here. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr, film analyst for On3 and Blue White Illustrated, to give you an in-depth scouting report for the NFL Draft on Ellis Brooks. Now, that's what we're doing today on the BWI Daily Edition, kind of breaking down his decision, did he make the right one, and what is he going to the next level, what sort of feedback might he have gotten from NFL scouts. And for me, I love watching him on film. I love the things he does positionally that are super underrated. They're the plays that you're not going to see on the highlight reel, and he makes more of those plays than a line than any linebacker I remember recently of subtle, intelligent, crafty ways to win at the game of football. Now, that being said, we aren't talking about a superstar here. I'm not trying to convince you that Ellis Brooks is super underrated and he's going to be a second-round pick or a first-round pick. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, ultimately, at the end of this, there's no reason for him to come back or put more tape out there for NFL scouts because he's really good at football. So these are some of the notes that I put together watching his film today. And, of course, I've watched his film throughout the season, covering Penn State football, doing my film analysis for Blue White Illustrated, which I do after every Penn State football game. So good base of knowledge here. But then I went back and watched all of his film from uh, this season, especially in coverage, but a lot of his run work as well. So these are some of my notes. Ellis Brooks is a fluid linebacker with great quickness. And that's something that, again, underrated skills because we always look at size and speed first. And while those are critical to being a starting NFL linebacker, there are plenty of big, fast guys that suck in coverage. Lots of them that can't change direction and stay with running backs. And as a Mike linebacker, that's going to serve him well at the next level, that agility and fluidity and football intelligence. He's a very smart football player. One of the first things I noticed of Ellis Brooks as a redshirt freshman was he was at the point of attack before the offensive lineman. He was reading, instinctive, and reacting. He was seeing things faster than most young football players. That has developed into what I think is an expert at the linebacker position. He makes so many good reads. He is so positionally sound that it's hard to beat Ellis Brooks. And that's a huge thing to have in football. His patience and reaction in the run game is outstanding. He doesn't overrun plays. He doesn't uh, miss his assignment a whole lot. And he adjusts quickly, especially I'm thinking of here, the Iowa game where there were a lot of mistakes up front. Losing P.J. Mustafer, inserting some young players up front. Lots of guys were getting reach blocked in that zone system. And Ellis Brooks, on the fly, was adjusting his assignment to get to the, the gap that needed to be filled. That's really impressive, to have that mental awareness and to see things in real time and be able to re react to them and get to the football. Good spatial awareness that, that what I'm talking about of his ability to see routes develop behind him and still stay in his zone. Penn State runs very, very, very firm zones of they drop to a certain depth, they drop to a certain spot. 
It's not about matching routes. It's not about uh, playing a quasi-zone man coverage. What they do, but the, the difference is with Brooks is that he has the awareness to see the routes around him in his zone. He plays it the way it's supposed to be played. Uh, and again, that denies passes from being his thrown his way in the first place. If you are getting the proper depth and you're cutting off the, the in-cut behind you, then it only leaves the route in front of you to throw to, which is exactly the point of, of zone coverage, is rally and tackle. So zone coverage teams are going to love the way he plays in space as a football player from an awareness standpoint and his ability to reach all of those zones. Another thing that I, I, I noticed is Penn State ran a lot of more Tampa 2 than I was used to seeing from them, where the middle linebacker is essentially a third safety dropping 15 yards down the field to cover the middle against post routes and, and routes that are is splitting the safeties. Denied a lot of passes in that area. Now, on the flip side, it does open up stuff underneath, and he has to be able to rally and tackle to those. So his ability, not from a speed perspective, but from an intelligence, uh, movement skills, fluidity, all of those things are way better than you would expect, and they're subtle skills that you don't always notice. And half of the game is denying the pass in the first place, being so good that the ball is held in the pocket and your, your, your defensive line can get there and make a play. So he's very good at all of those things. Uh, and then the last thing I'd say is, again, that fluid change of direction helps him in so many different ways where he can uh, get underneath tackles. He doesn't take on tackles at the point of attack or guards at the point of attack with the traditional hit him with the right shoulder, get to the proper side, shed, and get to the ball. He almost, in a certain way, dips under tackles and is able to slip around blocks, evade the the point of contact without losing his gap or bubbling over and, and giving up yards. So that ability to knife in and get tackles is not just in coverage, he can get into and even sometimes intentionally over-pursue to cut back into the running lane. I love these skills because it's a next level of awareness, and he's using and manipulating things intentionally. That's all really good stuff. Now, the obvious things are obvious with Ellis Brooks. So if he lacks the overt physical skills and physical traits, they're going to make you a first-round pick. He struggles to make plays on the ball when it's actually thrown at him, and I know that that is funny and rich coming from uh, an analysis of, well, that's half the game. Yes, that is the area, I think, of where Ellis Brooks has to, has to improve is that anticipation and that intelligence that he shows getting to the spot. He now needs to then apply that to seeing the route develop and breaking in front of it. He misses tackles when stressed, so if he has to fly out into the flat, uh, I think the game against Ohio State is a good example of where sometimes if you stress him physically, you can make him make mistakes. Uh, there are some some mental mistakes. Every player makes mistakes on the football field. Nobody's perfect. Uh, and his timing on blitzes, this is an area that I think he actually isn't very good. I don't think he's a good blitzer. Uh, so against backs, yeah, he's decent, but his timing isn't great. And he doesn't play with the power necessary to be an asset in that area. Uh, and then finally... I just don't know what sort of man coverage skills he has because he had a very specific role in the Penn State defense where if the back is blocking, he's attacking and blitzing. If he's in spy coverage, he's reading the routes underneath. Very rarely was he in man coverage against running backs. And then even more rare was him covering tight ends in, in, in space by himself. 
in that one-on-one nose-to-nose ability. He's going to have to do that at the next level. There will be times you have to play man coverage. So that's something to be aware of. But from an agility and an intelligence standpoint, I have no problem with that. It's just going to be, can the best backs run away from him? That's going to be to determine what sort of player he is. Now, that's from the film perspective. Getting into some of the data and some of the information, I'll admit there were some things that that surprised me a little bit, but when I went back and I looked at it, it kind of made a little more sense of, if you, again, look back at his profile of, isn't going to make dramatic plays in the good way, but he's not going to make a lot of mistakes, and he's not going to bust a lot of coverages. The problem is, when he does, there's nothing on the other side of the ledger to balance that out, so... He gives up yards underneath, and he gives up... These aren't terrible numbers, but 92% is a little bit high for the number of plays in zone coverage you're giving up receptions for. But 189 yards, zero touchdowns. For the most part, with those coverage stops as well, uh, he's on almost half of those plays, is he getting and stopping the receiver in underneath coverage? The problem is, again, in space, if he's stressed by athletes or if he doesn't get there or makes a mistake, that's where the negative plays come in that kind of downgrade his profile. And then from a run defense perspective, I think that this is a place where it's pretty buttoned up. Stops and tackles, both of these are in the top 50 in college football amongst all linebackers. Remember, that means two to three on the football field, so these numbers are great. His combined stops between the two in short yardage coverage and and run is uh, top 32 in the nation. So those are all really good numbers. Those show you the, the vision and the intelligence and the anticipation. So then it becomes... What are his testing numbers? I think there is a firm view of what he is as a really smart football player that is an expert at playing linebacker. So then the physical skills are what we need to know. And everything I've showed you, I've said it two or three times now, I think his ability to change directions in in testing is going to show up really well. He's going to have a good pro agility three cone number. But it's going to be about how fast is he? What's his 40 time? What is his short shuttle? What's his explosive metrics? Those are the questions about Ellis Brooks. And here's the thing about the combine. It is now a profession to train for those drills. To shave off a tenth of a second is to earn yourself millions of dollars. So with that in the balance, Ellis Brooks opted out of the bowl game because it has to start now. Training for the combine in in February, you need a two- Two solid months to get yourself in sprinting shape at his size, to be as big as, fo- big as possible and run as fast as possible. It's a very narrow window to hit. So those numbers are going to determine his range of outcomes. And if he, let's just say that he puts up really impressive numbers, say that he runs in the four fives as a linebacker at 238 pounds. That means he's a second, he's a day two pick. He might be a third-round linebacker. So that's what's in the balance, and that's why he opted out of the bowl game. So there's no need for him to come back and prove anything because from an intelligence and a scheme standpoint, he's got it down. The only thing that's going to change is maybe he makes more plays in the uh, aggregate of how statistics work, like he gets an interception or two, and that changes perception. But it's not really changing reality. So he can fix or he can tweak or he can work on his physical skills, which requires him to not be at the bowl game. That's really, in a lot of ways, why some of these guys are opting out of the bowl game is that the training for the combine is so intense and it's so important. That and the injury risk is a a real thing. 
Now, that's not for everybody. Some guys still want to play, and some guys are so good they can play, and it doesn't matter. They're already an elite athlete. But remember, we started out saying Ellis Brooks isn't that. So for me, if I'm looking at his game, he has, I think in the aggregate, when you put it all together, probably a fourth to fifth round projection of what I would say for the, the right system would be good for Ellis Brooks. So that, to me, you can find starters in the fourth or fifth round. Maybe not right away. Maybe he has to earn his way onto the field. But if there's one thing I've seen from Ellis Brooks, he's going to make all the plays and not be making mistakes. And trust is a huge thing in football. If you're trusted to not go out there and totally uh, fall on your face as a rookie or as a second or third year player, there's a shot. There's a shot. And that's all you want if you're going to be in the NFL. So Ellis Brooks, I think, made the right decision on all accounts of not coming back and opting out of the bowl game. We'll have more stuff on Penn State's uh, players that are going to the NFL draft as far as what uh, their positional ranking might be. Some in-depth stuff at bluewhiteillustrated.com from a video perspective. So if you want any of that stuff, that'll be coming this offseason. Bluewhiteillustrated.com. You can sign up now for just a dollar. That's going to be ending soon. So sign up. And of course, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and to our YouTube page. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Talk to you then.